This is Leadership in Motion with Dr. Israel Molina. Welcome to Leadership in Motion. In this episode, we'll discuss mitigating unconscious bias in the workplace. In our previous episodes, we discussed understanding unconscious bias, understanding what unconscious bias is. We also discussed overcoming your own unconscious bias. In other words, being aware that you have unconscious bias and being able to control your decisions and and actions based on those unconscious bias. But in this episode, we're going to talk about unconscious bias in the workplace. Unconscious bias in the workplace basically takes place in four different categories. During the hiring process, during the assignment and scheduling of employees, promotions, and retentions. So first of all, we're going to go ahead and take a look at hiring. What are the unconscious biases that we actually do during the hiring process, the selection process? Who is actually making the decision? If you're a hiring official, one of the things that you must understand is your own unconscious bias. If you're only hiring a certain group of people, only a certain type of people, maybe a certain type of gender or whatever the case may be, then you have biases. And by controlling your biases, you actually promote a workforce that's more diverse, more innovative, more creative, and overall a, a, a pleasant working environment. So one of the things that we have to understand about hiring is that sometimes we may need to go ahead and step back and actually maybe create processes for hiring. What you may need to do is probably after the resumes are read and some candidates are selected, maybe create a subcommittee that are going to go through the resumes, go through the applicants, and actually probably put on interviews, interview people. In some agencies, they actually remove the hiring official from the process of the actual hiring. They actually hire through third-party agencies. Once a business organization establishes a job description and qualifications, it is up to a third party to actually go ahead and go through the resumes, take a look at the best candidates, select the best candidates, and actually go ahead and give those that agency their, their final assessment, that this person is the best qualified for the job. If you cannot have a third party actually do that, then what you can do is create a hiring process that's that is that uses structured interview questions. Uh, the the candidate would have to go ahead and actually answer certain questions, and a committee would actually score the individual. Another thing that uh, organization must do is actually create a targeted structure program. This is the type of person that we need. We need somebody that is skilled in, in Microsoft Word, Excel, PowerPoint, or whatever the case may be, or in this software, that software. So you have an objective criteria for somebody that's going to be hired. 
A rating system is very important. If you have a board with five people and they have to go ahead and rate somebody on a scale of one to five, that that's going to be pr- pretty objective. So everybody's going to have to go ahead and give them, you know, their 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 input. So it's very important. Another thing that you must also take a look at and probably use is use the star approach when you're taking a look at resumes, when you're trying to decide on who to hire or who not to hire. Use the star approach. The star approach is situation, task, action, results. In one of our previous episodes, the episode on resume writing, I spoke about how to use the situation task, action, results, approach in building your resume. So what you can do is actually rate a candidate on their actual performance in their previous job, their experience. So the whole entire thing is to be objective and not leave the the hiring process to one individual that can make a bias decision, can make a bias choice for who gets promoted for a position. Another thing, another category in which people use a lot of bias is in their assignments and scheduling. Assignments and scheduling. Once a person is hired, usually in most organizations, this person starts off at the, at the very bottom. And in many cases, because a person is new, they kind of get the, like, the, like the, the worst schedule. They wind up working nights or they wind up working weekends. Okay, that's fine on a, during a probationary period. But you, you need to go ahead and afford people an opportunity for you know, change, for schedule change. If they want to be a little bit flexible, if they want to go to school and be flexible with a, an employee, as long as, 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 long as it's, it's okay, it's part of the policy of an organization. Don't make decisions based on biased thoughts. Well, I really don't like uh, this group of people. I don't like these people, right? We're going to keep them on, on weekends. and keep them on night shift and stuff. Because, like I said, when it comes to unconscious bias, unconscious bias is a thought. But once it becomes an action and you actually do something, then it becomes discrimination. And you can open yourself up to litigation if you actually moved towards action. One of the things you must do, especially when it comes to scheduling, if you're part of a union and you have a memorandum of understanding, make sure that everybody understands that your schedule can change. And it's something that was agreed to with your union steward, with the union vice president or president, or whatever the case may be. Be familiar with the decisions and that were actually agreed upon previously. Be transparent in your decision to move somebody to this shift or that shift. Make sure that your decision to move somebody to a different shift, maybe a different hour of the day, was based on logic. It was based objectively. It wasn't based on subjective thoughts. So sometimes you may have to step back and let somebody else, if you're a supervisor, let another supervisor take a look at it and say, hey, you know what? <laughs> you got nothing but males on this team or, or nothing but males on that shift or whatever the case may be so that they can 
you know, work together and say, hey, you know what, you're right. You know, I think we can probably put this person and that person in this team or that team or in this hour, that hour, so that that way you don't show bias. That way, like I said, you're not crossing the line from biased thoughts to discriminatory discrimination. Promotions. Promotions are something that people complain about all the time, all the time. Why didn't I get promoted? You know, who actually selected the person to get promoted? And in many cases, people get promoted because of a biased thought or action on a supervisor or a manager or whoever the case may be that's actually making the decision. Uh, one, one of the things that I remember studying before is what are the qualifications that people believe that somebody should have to be a leader within an organization, to be a manager or an executive manager or whatever manager or leading role. In some cases, people say, oh, they need knowledge, knowledge of uh, the business. Well, that's fine. Knowledge, skills, ability, those are all objective, objective criteria that you can actually measure and show and demonstrate that, yes, you have knowledge, ability, skills to actually do the job. In, in some cases, right, people get promoted because of a bias, because of a bias. And this this has happened to, to me, and this is something that I've seen a lot in our organization where, where I work. And a lot of people agree with me, and, and it's, it's so true. And, and what's so, and this is what, what happened. We noticed that the people that were getting promoted within our organization are motorcycle riders. Are motorcycle riders? It, it, it is totally crazy, because the lead manager, he rides motorcycles, so when he decided to go ahead and and create like a motorcycle club or whatever the case may be, that they go out riding on the weekends. Uh, we've noticed that the people who ride with him also were the ones who were getting promoted. It wasn't based on knowledge, skills, ability, or you know, their college degree and this or that and everything. It was only due to the fact that they were riding buddies with this, this manager, this particular manager. And sure, you know, we were making jokes about that. Well, you know, if you want to get a promotion around here, well, you got to get your motorcycle license. And it's not about your education. It's not about how many degrees you have in this organization. And it still continues to this very day, despite the fact that people know that this hiring official actually does it. And once again, when unconscious bias turns into action. This person was hired because he was a motorcycle riding buddy and this other person wasn't because he, he never rode a motorcycle in his life. Then that becomes discrimination. It's overt discrimination. And the organization can be liable and held accountable for the decisions and, and actions. One of the things to a actually prevent that is merit-based promotions. Merit-based promotions. You need to go ahead and establish criterias for promotions. Okay, the person has to have an MBA in this field or that field or whatever the case may be. The person must 
you know, exhibit knowledge, skills in the particular job that they're um, trying to get a promotion in. A person, you know, must demonstrate something. You know, it's got to be merit-based. And again, in order for, for a promotion process and to actually work, the hiring official probably should be removed from the, the decision-making. Maybe a third party come in, maybe an HR department, maybe a diversity officer come in and actually take a look. Hey, you know what? You're right. This person, this person, this person has qualifications for it. These people, you know, met other criteria and actually uh, promote by merit. Transparency, transparency is very important. Let people know, be clear about how and what you have to do to get a promotion within your organization. If not, then it becomes, you know, a, a case of, well, they only got promoted because of that. They only got promoted because of this, which basically undermines an organization. It undermines and uh, it lowers morale within an organization. Retention. Retention is very important. If you hired somebody and you went through the process, okay, and you had a third party c come in and actually t review resumes and candidates and, and you did everything good and did so, okay, and you were flexible on work hours and schedule and gave everybody an opportunity to, to work the schedule that they, they could, um, that works best with their, their family life and did everything right, but yet a person decided that, you know what, I'm tired of working for this organization, I'm out of here. One of the things that you need to do is actually tr try, in some cases you can't, in some cases you can, is get a post-employment uh, survey or, or an interview. Uh, what was the reasons why you decided to go ahead and leave this organization? Or we understand that you're going to be leaving in two weeks. Was there anything that the organization did that made you come to this, this decision? In some cases, it might be just financial. Yeah, somebody decided to go ahead and get another job because it was it pays better or maybe it's closer to home, that's fine. But many times you find that it was the unconscious bias that actually uh, moved towards action was the reason why. Well, I've been here for seven years. I've been applying for a promotion for seven years and and, and nothing. I've done everything I had to do. I went to school. I got my degree. I got my certification. I did everything I had to do. I, I come to work all the time. I do this and that. And yet, it doesn't look like I'm getting anywhere within this organization. You know, I feel that certain people get promoted for some reason or, or, or not. I'm constantly being overlooked. And when you actually take a look at, at it, this happens to too many people, too often. It, so a post-employment interview can actually reveal what's happening within an organization that while somebody is working within the organization are afraid to talk about. They're afraid to make a complaint. They're afraid to go to their diversity manager or they're, they're afraid to go to EEO and say, hey, you know what, this happened to me six times already. You know, and this same person, same p group of people are still getting the same promotions, and I've been overlooked, 
And it's just not me, but it's people of my color, people of my race, people of my age, people of my gender, or whatever the case may be. But a lot of times, more often than not, people are afraid to actually voice what's happening. They see it. It's overt. A lot of people can, can, can see, yep, I don't know why you're wasting your time trying to apply for that job or this job because you're not going to get it. You know, so-and-so only hires this type of people. So sometimes that, that post-employment interview or survey is very important for you to actually reveal what unconscious biases still occur within your organization. And overall, there are organizations out there that actually provide unconscious bias training so that supervisors and managers and executives within an organization can actually train their leadership to be aware of unconscious bias and how to mitigate unconscious bias in the workplace. There's, there's tests out there. In fact, there's free tests out there online that you can actually take where you can actually take a look at your own unconscious bias. In fact, I took one just a few minutes ago before I even started this podcast. And it, and it showed that I had a, a, a bias that women are emotional and men are selfish. So I'm like, wow, that, that's, you know, I was kind of like thinking about that. Women are emotional and men are selfish. I honestly don't think that I have ever made a decision based on that finding that that bias survey actually showed. That That's kind of strange. As I think back of when I was a manager distribution operations of the Postal Service, I had uh, had plenty of female supervisors and plenty of male supervisors. Uh, in fact, I think there was, it's about kind of even. I don't think I've ever made a decision about assigning someone to a particular job or task or duty based on gender. I, I, I never, never looked back at that. I do understand how my, my biases towards maybe, I guess, may, men working on the dock. Because there's a lot more men working on the dock, you know, I would put a male out there. Uh, but for the most part, I think I made the decision because the women really didn't like to work on the dock. It wasn't the fact that I made a conscious decision. It was sort of like I would actually ask, okay, who would like to do this? Who would like to do that? And the women would rather like to, like to work with parcels or letters or do, um, do other jobs. But... Um, the guys tended to, to like to work on the dock. So I'm, I'm like, okay, well, this is our schedule. And everybody knew that, that I would give them an opportunity to go ahead and work in any type of field, I mean, any type of department. So, But there are, there are tests out there that you can actually take, and it would actually take you know, a look at your biases. And by using those, you can actually, you know, it can help you to make better decisions. I'd like to thank you very much for uh, listening to my podcast. And like I said, this is a, a very interesting topic. And when I started doing my research on unconscious bias, there's like so many uh, YouTube uh, channels out there, 
They, they put out information on unconscious bias. And like I said, there's tests out there that you can actually take to see if you're un, if you're um, what level of unconscious bias you have. So take take a look at some of those um, YouTubes out there. Uh, there's a lot of information out there. And this is something that I'm thinking to myself, right, that this is something that my organization can really use, can really use because we, we do a climate survey, an employee climate survey, like every two years, every two years. And some of these, some of these issues always come up, always come up uh, in the hiring process, in the, in the scheduling and pr promotion process. And it's, as I take a look at it now, a lot of it was due to unconscious bias, unconscious bias. So there's a lot of great information out there. And I hope you get to um, take a look at some of that. I'd like to invite you to take a look at our uh, Instagram uh, website, Leadership in Motion Podcasts. And also on our website, there's a link to Smashwords. And on Smashwords, we have a few self-help books that would uh, really help you out if you'd like to um, take a look at that. I'd like to thank you, and I'd like to uh, ask you if you'd like to drop us a line. Go ahead and drop us a line at leadershipinmotion036 at gmail.com. And as always, take the lead today for a better tomorrow. This has been Leadership in Motion with Dr. Israel Molina. Please subscribe to our podcast.